Hello and welcome to Women's Wellness with Loose Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Lucy Catino. Ladies, this is your safe space where we discuss everything women's wellness. Let's dive in and start to peel back the layers. I'm so excited today to welcome back to the show, Laverne Gordon. The last time we had her on, we had such an amazing conversation that so many positive feedbacks were received from our listeners. And thank you so much for those that tuned in. We appreciate all of you. I thought that it would be a great idea to have her back on as we observe Domestic Violence Awareness Month this month of October. Now, for those of you that don't know Laverne or that didn't get a chance to listen to our previous podcast, Laverne Gordon is the founder and president of Love Life Now Foundation, which promotes year-round awareness against domestic violence via its initiatives and helps to bridge the gap between shelters and the communities they serve. It is with such great honor that we have her on. She has been featured in Huffington Post, Huffington Post Magazine, NBC's This Is New England, CBS This Morning, WHDH Urban Update, just to name a few. Welcome back, Laverne. How are you feeling today? I'm well. I'm really well. I, I'm really honored to be back again, as you mentioned, during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, because it's something that we literally just can't get enough about talking um, as it relates to this issue. So thank you for having us. No, thank you. And I've, um, I, I've been following you, of course. And your mm-hmm. recent trip, which I was really fascinated by, and I would love for you to share with me and also with my listeners, is your recent trip to Brazil, how that came about. And I saw that you were doing such amazing work there. Yeah, yeah. So that, so, so it does, for me, um, I, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. And when I started about three years ago, taking an annual birthday trip outside of the country, uh, specifically to bucket list areas that I love to visit, um, I was already doing so with local trips that I was um, doing here in the States. Mm-hmm. I said, why don't I incorporate um, bringing awareness to uh, the issue of domestic violence as it relates to countries outside of the U.S. and how it affects the people that are living there locally? And so that started really about three years ago. I may have done it intermittent, intermittently with other international trips, but this mm-hmm. was the the first sort of annual back-to-back um, uh, thing that I had done. And so this year it was Brazil. Mm-hmm. And what I seek to do primarily when I visit these uh, countries is have people understand that there's a beauty that you see when you visit anywhere in the world. Um, obviously the tourist uh, board of each country, each island, each wherever you land seeks to show you the best, which, you know, we always want to put our best foot forward, but to have people understand that there's an underlying carriage of, um, dysfunction, not dysfunction, but, you know, crime and, and, and people that are out, you know, out of their homes of being homeless and, and the domestic violence, which is near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, so I seek to visit a shelter, Mm. um, normally, 
um, and have people understand that though that this is happening where they are, because we have followers, not just in the States and it's really all over that if you see that this is happening and you may not know where resources are, well, look, there is one and sort of give folks an idea of where they can get help. And even though it's happening everywhere, that there is help. So this past um, visit to Brazil really encompassed sort of a different side of the connecting piece to, to shelters, which is uh, law enforcement. Um, a lot of the times before folks even get to the shelter portion, they're ending up at a hospital or a police station. And for women in Brazil, um, for a long time, they were not taken seriously when they reported a crime of domestic violence mm -hmm. towards them. And they distinctly developed what's called women police stations so that, A, they could be taken seriously because the people that are working there are primarily women. Okay. So women that would then understand what they've been through and be a little bit more empathet empathetic to what's happened to them. Yes. And then B, so that the um, they could get uh, more people, more women. So you're saying more people, more women are using these services in Brazil? Yes. Uh, more people uh, are able to report um, as it relates to this issue of domestic violence and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just gives them more of an avenue to be able to come forward and realize they're not alone. Just within the hour that I was there for that visit, Lucy, I can tell you at least three to four women came in um, to report. Um, it was broken and she was on crutches um, wow. because husband had had broken her leg and they've been married for 22 years um i was thankful that i had a translator with me um to sort of and they were these were women were that were ready to just talk to me and be open about what they've been going through um so it just really was eye-opening again it's one thing to read about it um in the newspaper online but to to, to see it firsthand uh it just it's it's gut-wrenching and inspiring that they're reporting all the same um, yeah, and and so do they now feel safer having that resource there? Whereas yes. before it would would have it wouldn't have been possible for them to 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 go to a police station because they figured you know what's the point? They're not. What's gonna, the point? Yeah. Wow. Be taken seriously, or and so the women's police stations have been around for a while. It's I think it's just gaining more ground with. Um, as, as far as it will say accessibility mm -hmm. um, to, to locals. Um, just last year alone, the country itself just trained over six, I think right around 600 judges on the issue of domestic violence. Wow. Um, again, overall, the country is, is, it has a lot of ground to break as it relates to this issue because it just hasn't been taken as a serious crime but in the years past there's been laws that have been that have come into play and i mean with the, just as you know cell phone cameras and video and more people coming forward um this isn't something that you can hide from anymore no and i think they're taking notice not just in brazil but across the world you know taking notice from awareness campaigns that are gaining like i said more ground um in showing that this issue is more rampant 
more than ever. Um, it's been around for, you know, when I hear folks say, oh, you know, it's, it's so good. You know, this issue is, this, it's, hap- it's been happening a lot more these days. And I have to correct folks that no, no. you're just seeing it more because of um, the technology advancement and people having phones and whatnot. It's been around for quite a long time. Yeah, so, it has. Yeah. It has. It, it was enlightening um, in that respect, and it always is. So last year I visited Bali um, and served, helped serve folks that, you know, are homeless on the street because of domestic violence. And there are agencies out there helping women on the street that meet them where they're at with care packages. And yeah, I could go on and on, but, you know, wow. this is everywhere everywhere these beautiful countries that you visit and i think that's really the big message that i want to send home mm-hmm. when i visit is that again there's a beauty to every place that you visit but please understand and always be aware that this is taking place behind closed doors and maybe sometimes right in front of you and your your job is to say something when you see something yeah and it's amazing that you're bringing the you're you're shining light on it so people we are more aware of this because i mean these are things that we really don't think about and it's just amazing to me how you're describing brazil how you know they're seeking help and no one's taking it Mm -hmm. as a serious issue that's concerning that is Mm -hmm. really concerning um so yeah so bringing it back home what are some of the initiatives that you are currently working on now here. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> <laughs> October, I get excitingly giddy mm-hmm. um, because it is awareness month and we try to ramp it up in the sense that we try to get folks to understand that it's it doesn't take a lot to help um, as it relates. And we host what's called a betting drive each year. Mm-hmm. And it simply asks folks to donate a new twin sheet and or pillow, uh, which goes to a shelter that we choose and we advocate for for a year. This year, it's Dove out of Quincy, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And they use these sheets and the pillows to replenish the lack that they have. Um, too often, people are fleeing abusive relationships with the clothes on their backs and something as personal as a sheet and pillow is something that they just don't have. So the shelters do a really wonderful job with, you know, sort of giving each resident um, sort of a care package when they enter the shelter. Um, And it's filled with, you know, toiletries and, you know, new clothes that they may not have Um, supplies, food, um, canned goods, and in addition, a new sheet and pillow. Mm -hmm. Um, Each of the shelters, they have a, um, they all have twin beds. And so we always ask for twin sheet sizes. And so that's happening now through um, next week. And we are so excited because we've we've gotten a, a lot of great responses from folks. And, you know, we tell folks you don't have to live in Massachusetts to partake in the drive. You can simply order a twin sheet online, sheet, sheet, sheet set online and have it delivered to our main drop site. So that's the, the betting drive that happens every year. Then we have uh, what's called the homeless brown bag and care where we meet the homeless where they're at to offer them resources as as it relates to domestic violence. Um, Too often folks come up to us with a bruised cheek or um, a swollen lip or or busted lip. And, you know, they don't know that they deserve help. They don't know where to find help. Um, 
and they don't even begin to think that um, they are worth the help. So we use those things as, init- as, as incentives for them to come to talk to us. So that happened sort of the um, last part of September and it happens once per quarter and it's going to happen again in January for winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our annual white ribbon day, uh, night gala, which asks more men. And Lucy, that is so important to me because we can talk about this issue till we're blue in the face. Yeah, exactly. It, but yeah. it means nothing if we're not talking to who the who 90% of the time the perpetrator is. And that's yes. men. Yeah. And yeah. we have to hold not just men accountable, but the men that are talking to other men who may not be aware that they can be a part of the solution as well. So the white ribbon campaign is a nationwide campaign that asks more men to speak out too often. I've said this many times too often. We hear us as women advocating for this issue, but when a man is talking to another man, it means that much more and it will resonate with them that much more. So if you're sitting in the barbershop or you're at, you're on the block or you are in the office and you hear your coworker, your friend, your colleague say something flip, like, you know, I beat that whatever mm-hmm. last night and, you know, or she came out from out to me and I told her that I know her place. And when you hear that kind of thing, what is your responsibility as his brother, as his boy, as his friend to Let say, him no, it's not right that's not it's not cool. it's not right it's not right right and you know, and i'm not saying to go dissolve the friendship yeah. over him but he will listen to you he's more apt to listen to you if you pull him aside and you say yo i don't think what you're doing is right mm-hmm. um you know there's a better way to talk to your female to talk to your wife to talk to your girl um and you know here's here's how i go about it or you know, here's here's a website that I want you to take a look at. Something as simple as that, because mm-hmm. they're probably not going to want to hear you, right? Let's let's be real. They're probably set in their ways. But if you say, look, when you have a chance, look, take a look at this website and just peruse it at your own leisure. Yeah, and leave it at that. Yeah, it's the same thing we say as it relates to helping victims. If you have somebody in your circle and you know that they're potentially being abused, if you offer them a website and say, look. When you have a chance, go look at this website, go to this part, this particular part of the page and let them see too often or many times people will see the words jumping out at them and say, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah, exactly. And I I need help. And and I didn't realize this is what I was going through. This, I I can now put a name to it, you know, because, you know, they won't, they won't do anything till they're ready. Yeah. And, and that's a really great point too. And also identifying what domestic violence actually looks like and is right so we don't have a clear understand well a lot of us don't have a clear understanding of what that is like if Mm -hmm. I get pushed a certain way it's not Mm -hmm. oh he was in a bad mood for a moment and he just pushed me you know that's kind of how it starts and that is not okay so there's right. like that raising that awareness of what it actually looks like. Correct. And you yeah. said something there. So, you know, if you get pushed a certain way, well, you know, some people discount the fact that they haven't been touched. Mm. And so it's not domestic violence. Well, they've only, this is the way they act when they, you know, something they, they drink or they, mm-hmm. they no, 
isn't domestic violence. It's it, it, This is what's causing it to happen. And we make every excuse in the world not understanding that that also falls under domestic violence too. The verbal assaults, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. mind, the mind games, the psychological drama that they put you through. This is all warped and falls under domestic violence. So there's no discounting that this issue is not um, just physical. It really encompasses all forms of abuse. Um, and really, if you can just own in on what that looks like, again, perusing a domestic violence agency's website, mm-hmm. um, doves is dove, uh, uh, ma.org. If you just look them up and go on to, you know, get help just under their get help section. And you look at what, um, help looks like or what DV, the definition of DV is that will then open your eyes, hopefully to want to seek help. Yes, and that's really helpful information. And I do hope that um, whoever's listening or someone who ha- who knows of someone who may need the resource will definitely um, utilize it. They're out yeah. there, you know. Yes, um, absolutely. One yeah. in every four women, one in every seven men, and one in every three teens. Yeah, rampant for sure. Um, and for those of you that didn't have a chance to listen to um, our previous interview, uh, which which um, I know you went into a lot of your personal experiences on what actually propelled you to create Love Life Now Foundation. Now, Mm -hmm. briefly, um, let share with our listeners, and hopefully they'll go back to episode number three, where we really dived into um, your experiences, and you did such an awesome job at breaking down you know, the ways that we can identify domestic violence, what that feels like, what that looked like to you in your own personal reality. So here we are. You created Love Life Now. Tell us how this came about and what services you offer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I do, as Lucy said, I urge you to go back to that episode, as you mentioned, episode number three, because it really does flesh out. But in in, in short, um, I was a child witness to this issue for about 15 years uh, up until I lived with my um, parents. My father brutally abused my mom. um, And I was one of five um, children. And watching that, I, you know, I continuously told myself that would never be me. Um, I would never let anybody deal with me the way that he dealt her Mm -hmm. because it was really, um, it was really brutal and it was really demeaning and I hurt for her and I cried for her in, in private uh, when I was little. And then by the time I was 15, I migrated to the States. Um, I lived in Trinidad then and um, migrated to the States to finish high school, finished high school, went on to college, was going to school nights at Suffolk University, um, had my own job and entry, entry level in corporate America. And again, doing okay for myself. By that time now, my, my mom and my, my two, two younger brothers were living with, we were all living together. And I met this guy and um, essentially we started dating. And for about three months, things were fantastic. And uh, up until the first time he hit me, slapped me really and um, stormed out. And I accepted the first apology, which was elaborate uh, in the form of flowers and um, a ton of I'm sorry's via voicemail uh, and a note uh, saying that he would never do it again. And that in with me accepting that first apology, not realizing that there were red flags leading up to that first slap, um, I then inserted myself into a two year abusive relationship. Um, up until the night uh, that I fled, 
Mm-hmm. Um, after last night, he beat me really bad that I ended up in the emergency room um, hospital at the hospital and uh, sought injuries, sought help for my injuries. And, uh, you know, at the time that I finally had reached my breaking point uh, that night, I knew that I wanted the relationship to end. But I and and I knew I wanted the abuse to stop because I knew if I stay that he eventually would really, really and really harm me um, or I'd be dead. And I wanted that to end, but I still, quote unquote, you know, loved him. And so I ended up in the ER for help, but didn't say why or how I got the injuries that I got. And didn't realize that I was putting myself more at risk for covering up for him. Um, and what were you feeling at that time? Because I don't think I uh, really got to ask you what made yeah. you not want to share that piece of information? Because that that was your way out in a sense yes. where you had that opportunity to say, you know what, I can I can essentially flee now. I'm I, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I'm running towards my freedom, but you chose to um, not share that. Yeah, yeah. I think th- there were a couple of things happening. One, as I said, I I really inherently believed that I loved him mm-hmm. um, and didn't want to, though he had harmed me multiple times, I didn't want to harm him. I had gone through that relationship hearing over and over again. I was the cause mm-hmm. of my beatings. Mm-hmm. I was the cause of him belittling me or saying things or doing things that um, cause these things to happen. So when you end up in a situation where you can get help, you're still really in a fog, right? So I was in that fog, number one. Um, Number two, uh, there's this sort of inherent um, responsibility we take on as women to fix things or um, we're taught from very young, you know, what did you, why couldn't you make it work? Well, why couldn't you stay? It, it wasn't that bad. And I was thinking really and truly it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, I got injured, but look, I'm alive and I can, I can physically walk and get help and all of these things. So sort of making excuses in my head um, and then not wanting to get him in trouble as a black man, right? Mm. You hear all the time, we, you know, there's so many brothers behind in jail and you know to hold our men up and not, you know, take them down. And so that's going through my head. And then I've, there's shame. There's me working this great job and going to a great university and, you know, what well, are people I don't want gonna think? to know. Yeah, yes. what are people going to think? And that's why I, I really wanted to ask that question and yeah. help us to really hear and understand the thought process behind yeah. why a lot of these incidents go unreported. It's not unreported. so, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And w- why we return a lot of the time. Yes. And this, and this is the most important question and answer to, mm-hmm. to, to everything, I truly believe, because if we can hear that, now I'm hearing it out loud coming from Mm -hmm. you. And how does Mm -hmm. that sound? Yeah. It's (laughs) not rational. It is not rational. Um, Being in that fog, first of all, the whole, it takes a victim seven to 10 times to actually leave Mm -hmm. these relationships. It's because 
a big part of it is you don't know what's ahead. You are scared about what's ahead. Again, you've been told over and over again, you are nothing without me. There's never going to be anybody that loves you the way I loved you. Oh, yeah. I've heard they, that. And also, oh, when you have kids that are involved, oh, of and course. you're thinking, wow, how can I peel these kids support. away I have, I'll have no support financially yeah. like so many things like and some people you don't want the kids to grow up without a father yes there, there, <laughs> there's that there's so many things and in my personal experience like I was sharing with you in the previous episode it wasn't a physical abuse but it was uh, it was emotional and mental abuse that I mm-hmm. experienced and those were all of the questions that I, that's why it, it took me a little longer because I mm-hmm. couldn't see ahead. I couldn't, Absolutely. it was, it was the scariest re- realization reality that I had to come to terms with. You know, my kids are going to be yeah. raised without their dad. You know, mm-hmm. what about the financial aspect of it? Where mm-hmm. am I going to go and how am I going to go back to my family? But you yep. know what? All of those questions are truly irrelevant. And I hate to, to put it bluntly as I yes. just did, but it's really a, irrelevant because if you do stay in that situation, your children are definitely not benefiting from it because they're You're doing them a disservice. You are. They're going to perceive that as the normal. Okay. Absolutely. You know? This is the way you receive love. This is the way you give love. Mm-hmm. This is the way it looks like, because I mean, that's what I grew up around or Absolutely. You, you end up raising a little boy who becomes aggressive and who becomes Absolutely. an abuser. This is the way I give love. Yep. You know, so we're not doing anyone. It, it is a disservice to ourselves, it is. to our family and it, and a lot of women, unfortunately, end up murdered because of this. You yep. know, they're, yep. they're not as, as fortunate as you were actually having this conversation. You were able to start a foundation and help yeah. women. But how many women do we know of, Do right, not ever make it out. Who don't make it out. So this is Right. They go really back, important. they come, they get out, they go back. I mean, some, some, some survivors end up or make it to a shelter and then they get there and it's like i can't do this this I is know. too hard and you know the seven to ten times becomes no more because there's no more going back because you were killed yeah. or severely yeah. injured that you can never even begin to have a real life again and so love life now mm-hmm. was founded on those premises that how do we take back um what's been stolen from us how do we begin begin to to live the life that we we never thought we could mm-hmm. um and understand that what you thought love was isn't mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's hard to get up from under that it takes a lot of help you cannot do this by yourself um when you are left alone with your thoughts uh, sometimes it drives you to even suicide because yeah. you are questioning Jesus. How did I get myself here? Um, now I'm now I'm out. Uh, how do I even begin to, to 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 begin this journey out? Domestic violence agencies are there to help you. They offer counseling. They offer resources. You don't have to go into shelter if you have a support system that will let to come. You know, have you um, you know take you under their wings. So if it's just counseling, seek the counseling. Mental health is something that is not 
dealt with in our communities. People of women of color, people of color, it just isn't a big deal to a lot of folks. And we have to take that into consideration and realize that again, it's sort of the, the under the cornerstone you can leave a relationship and not leave the trauma that you faced absolutely like it you help has to be sought out like therapy counseling um there's so many things that it you can't just leave and 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 think oh it's i'm clear of it and it's right it's gone because that stays with you that like you said the trauma does stay with you Absolutely. Yeah. Not just you, but your children. Yes. And so as it relates to, you know, being a child witness to this issue, you think, okay, well, you know, that doesn't really apply to me because my kids are three and four years old. Um, they don't know what's happening. You're lying. They do. They do. Give know. your children more credit. They give your do. children credit they mm-hmm. absorb and they see and they know when you've locked yourself in the bedroom to cry all night, they know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. When you're walking around with a bruised cheek and you think they didn't see, they know something's wrong and they're absorbing those behaviors. Don't think for one minute that your children are too young to not know what's going on. They absolutely do. And they're soaking up energy. If nothing else, they're soaking up your energy and they're they're inhaling that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they know when you're not happy. You know, they feel it when you're not happy. Yes, yes. It's... um. It's it's very important to think about number one ourselves yes. because then we can think about our children. You yes. know, we have to make ourselves better in yes. order to help our children because they're helpless. You Correct. know, they really are, and we don't understand that. Sometimes we do it for our children, but yeah. when we're not doing anything for ourselves, how are we available in there to help them? So that's a really, really great point. I mean, there's so many layers to this and it's so, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm so grateful for you to, to be doing this work because I didn't go through the extremities that you have. And I'm fortunate. I'm, you know, it's, I'm really fortunate in that sense, but I did get a glimpse of what that feels like. And just that glimpse of it felt like, (laughs) it felt like, it was the most excruciating experience mm. that, you know, and I was traumatized by that experience and it took me Absolutely. a long time and so, Lucy, to crawl out of it. Yes. I, I don't ever want you to discount your, your, what you've been through or, or, or diminish the extremity of it. You said I went through a lot of extremities. I say all the time that the physical scars go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe about a week, a year, who knows? Mm-hmm. The emotional scars that these this issue leaves you with, it stays. Last, it stays. It stays. Okay, um, we 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 get better uh, on handling uh, the underlying pieces of what's happened to us through you know counseling or prayer and therapy, but the un, it just it stays with you. It does. And so uh, the magnitude, like you said, you were traumatized. Same level. Mm-hmm. Same level. So don't ever discount what you went through um, because you don't have any physical scars or you weren't touched. I, everybody that has been touched by this issue, it's not a little thing. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing that you overcame and you have to be commended for it. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for recognizing that definitely. And I will change the language around that. And for anyone else who's listening, who, you know, maybe 
experiencing this or have experienced it, um, definitely know that that this message is for you as well. Amen. So just a, a, a beautiful conversation, Laverne. Again, I can't stress enough how grateful I am for you, for your work, for your heart, for your charity. I mean, it's, it's incredible to see. And it's such a pleasure to follow you to join hmm. you, to jo actually join you in this mission. Yes. Because I don't feel yes. like we're just following you. We're all a part of it, right? So yes, that everybody's an advocate. You're yes. an advocate too, Lucy, through this through giving, giving a platform for others to hear about the ways that they can be part of the solution and or get help. Mm -hmm. So you're, what you're doing is huge. So thank you. I appreciate you. No, thank you. We all we're in this together, and that's how yes. it works. That's Amen. definitely how it works. Now, um, you mentioned a lot of um, great initiatives. If you can please point our listeners in the right direction and also let them know where they can join your mission and stay connected, please. Yes, so we are on the web, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook under at love life now found with a D at the end. So, uh, L O V E L I F E F O U N D. Um, the organization itself is called love life now foundation and on the web, it's www.lovelifenow.org. Um, on Twitter, it's love life now found without the D at the end. Um, and you can pick up the phone and call. So a, a lot of what we do is point people in the right direction for help. Um, a lot of the times people don't even know where to begin. Um, and, and so we, we point people in the right direction for resources. So you can pick up the phone and call 617-803-8357. That's my personal cell phone. That's the business cell phone. That's the everything. So, um, pick up the phone and call, even if you're just needing to talk and, you know, just digress from something that you're experiencing we get a lot of those calls. If you don't want to pick up the phone and call, you can message us on Facebook. Um, feel free to friend me or like the, the Love Life Now Foundation page at Love Life Now Found. Um, and we're always here to help uh, sort of get you in the know about how you can get out of an abusive situation or um, be a part of the solution and help yeah. raise awareness as well. Yes, you are not alone. I'll tell you that yes. much. You are not yes. alone. You're not. Yeah, you're not alone. Beautiful. Well, this has been amazing. And like I always say to you, we can have the we can talk forever. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's yes. been quite a pleasure. And again, for my listeners, for those of you who have not listened to episode number three, please go back and, and, and check that out when you can. Yes. And thank you for listening to this episode, which is also just as important. Um and again, Laverne, until the next time, you continue being amazing and doing the work that you do. We need you and we Big need each other. Big love and light to you. Big love and light to you, Lucy. Thank you very much. Same to you. I receive it all. Thank you so much. And to my listeners, remember, you are the most important person in your life. Until the next time, be well. Sending you all so much love. And if this episode has resonated with you or you know someone who can benefit from this message, please do share it far and wide. We always appreciate the support. Thank you.